What's going on, y'all? This is Kelly Clarkson. Welcome to Miss Into Podcast, the Kelly Clarkson fan podcast. The very first podcast dedicated to the original idol, Kelly Clarkson. Here are your hosts, Jeremy and Pam. Hey, everyone. Welcome to a brand new episode of Miss Into Podcast, the Kelly Clarkson fan podcast. My name is Pam. And I'm Jeremy, and we are very excited this week. It is a very, very special episode of the podcast because we are going to be speaking with Kelly Clarkson's songwriting partner and guitarist, Aben Eubanks. I love Aben. I am so excited to talk to him. Yeah. And he's been such an integral part of Kelly's band and songwriting for the last, oh gosh, almost 15 years now. Mm -hmm. So um, a lot of fans adore him. And I'm just really excited to kind of get a little inside inside scoop from him. Yeah, Aben is pretty much the second longest tenured uh, member of Kelly's band behind Jason, really. And so yeah. he has seen a lot, done a lot, and has experienced uh, a lot of the major milestones in Kelly's career. And we're very excited to talk to him today about a lot of those experiences. Plus, we're also going to be asking him some of your fan questions that you sent in to us prior to uh, the podcast. So we're excited to have those as well. Let's get to it. He is a producer, songwriter, and a guitarist for Kelly Clarkson. And he's our good friend, Aben Eubanks. And he joins us today. Aben, good to see you, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Great to see you guys. Hey, so Me glad you, so glad you, so you can join us. Yeah, so glad you could join us today. People were so excited. We like dropped a little, you know, tweet to them the oh. other day being like, hey, we're having Aben. They were like, holy shit. Oh. And we got so many <laughs> questions in. And I'm like really excited for you. Oh. They're, everyone's really excited for this. So oh, you're just thank so thank adored you. in the in the fandom. So thank you oh, for, thank you. you know, taking some time out of your day to, of course, to of talk course. to us. It's uh, it, it's it's kind of creeping me out here because like I'm not used to seeing you so like clean shaven. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's true. I know. It's true. I, I know. It just, I don't know. Maybe it's just because it's the the older I get, the like it. I start feeling like Santa Claus. Like it just, it's like <laughs> when it comes in, it's like. <laughs> and like, now that you're like now that you're like home more and not like sadly on the road as much. I know, right? Now it's the time to like, like oh. go out and be all like you know, like a bum and just. Like, uh, <laughs> well, like, it's coming. You know what? No shave November's coming up, so you can bring that back. There you that go. Is true. That is true. <laughs> Weiss now Weiss has the same thing except all of this is gray and this is it, this for some reason isn't turning gray so it's just like that. oh my gosh <laughs> it's like a pencil that's awesome that. uh, so Aben uh, you know obviously we've got a, a, a lot of history uh, to talk about with you and your career and I guess we want to kind of start at the beginning we want to find out how you first got interested in music and decided to pick up the guitar oh uh, good question um okay so I come from a family of uh musicians like my dad is a musician my granddad was a musician uh so it was i really didn't have a lot of choice so it was like they were musicians we didn't really have money for like college and anything else like a doctor or anything if, had i been interested in doing any of that so I, it was just kind of uh just um everything just kind of pointed that way like i said about my family we would get together big family gatherings out in the country and set up on the porch and there'd be you know cousins and aunts and uncles and you know neighborhood friends and stuff we would always have hoot nannies and stuff so it was always and my dad was like encouraging and stuff like, here just get a guitar get up 
make some noise, you know, eventually it'll sound good. <laughs> so you have a lot of musical uh, family members. A lot of people play instruments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My dad, my dad was, my dad and my uncle both were in a band together and they toured around for a long time. And then I would go out on, like I would go spend the summers with him and I would actually go out on the road with him and hang out and crash in the hotels and all that. And, um, so you, you got an early start with that tour life. I did. I did. Yeah. It was, it was no problem. Tour life. It can be rough. Uh, it can be very rough being away for a while. So it's good that you kind of were kind of grew up in that environment a little bit. So it yeah. wasn't like you were just thrown in. Yeah. Right. It, it, yeah, it, it was, it was, and, and it was used to, you know, like my dad, he would, you know, go away for a couple of weeks and stuff. So I, I, I would have an understanding of like, kind of like, cause I had kids, you know, I had younger kids at the, at the time, uh, the first time. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was, it was, um, it was knowing kind of the, that you had to do it was, it wasn't such a foreign thing. Like, Oh my God, I got to leave my kids for two weeks. And Oh my God. So it was used to like, okay, I know, I know the drill I'm coming back. I can convey that to them and everything is, yeah. Yeah. I just grew up and made sense to me. And I, you know, so like, did when you were like, when you were, I don't know, we'll say like 17, 18, where you're just like, all right, you know, done with high school, like I'm going to be a musician. Like that's my goal. That's what I'm doing. And I'm just going to figure it out from there. Is that kind of how it happened? Um, well, honestly, the funny story is I was close to that, close to that. I was, I was already playing in bars and bands with like my dad's band and my uncle's band and like these other, other bands and stuff, because when I was 15, I had moved to Greenwood, Mississippi, okay. and I had started um, working uh, at this music store. This, this, uh, my mentor at the time, who's who, who's still he's awesome. His name's Charles Hall. He's in he's still in Greenwood, but so I mentored with him, you know, for a little while, and then he was like, "Well, I'm just going to have you teach lessons to the to the kids that are coming in." So, so I was like, "I was on." I was almost 16 and I started giving lessons and stuff. And so working at that music store, it was great because I would meet like all the bands that would come through or all the musicians that were in town and all that. So I got to know a lot of people. So not a lot of musicians. So I was always asked to play with other bands or go out or do these things and stuff. So, I mean, by the time, I mean, I quit school, uh, got my GED because I was going on the road. Awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So I was immediately on the road when I was like, I don't know, 16 and 17 and, and playing and, and stuff like that. And so it was funny because the my graduation came back around and I had already been out of school for like two years or so, but they had hired our band to play. <laughs> <laughs> High school reunion. That's yeah, amazing. I, was there, but I wasn't there on the ground mingling with my classmate. I was on the stage playing and stuff. So it was cool, but, but it was fun, you know, to get to hang with all the yeah. No, I mean, not, not to get all like deep here, but I just like, I don't know, I get really annoyed when I, you know, you hear all the like BS about like, okay, you graduated 18, you go to a four-year college, then you get a job. And I'm just like, of course, like I was conditioned a lot, you know, a lot of people are yeah. conditioned. And I just love when I see people who didn't go that path and that were encouraged by their parents or yeah. their grandparents, like that's so cool. Cause it's not what you normally see out there. So it's just refreshing. I don't know where I'm getting at with this, but no, it's really I, nice. No, I understand what you're saying because, and it, and it helped because no one on my dad's side of the family ever went that route. They were all like musicians or, you know, or whatever. Um, so they had never done that. And so it wasn't such a foreign 
like taboo kind of like yeah. oh, I can't do this and blah, blah, blah. like it's I mean they had already done it and I mean they weren't like super successful or, or like you know killing it at, you know or anything like that so it wasn't like yeah I don't do that but it was just like that's you know like I said we didn't really have a lot of money to go to college but it wasn't like I could like say hey I want to you know go like I said you know go be an attorney or you know something like that <laughs> <laughs> um so so that so the the you know the circumstances kind of lended to it as well on my mom's side they were all you know architects and all that stuff and had done all of that cool stuff and gone to school and all that but I don't know I was just more you know I I, I got a Beatles album when I was like four years old and it was just like it was game over after that I just nothing else existed or I have to flex for one second. Cause I, Jeremy called me a suck up. I'm like, whatever, call me what you want. I had to wear, I had to wear my Sergeant Pepper shirt today. Yes. <laughs> I had to, I was like, it's, awesome. it's appropriate to wear it today. That's, yeah. That's actually the very last song I listened to this today before talking to you guys was Sergeant nice. That's funny. I totally <laughs> nice. knew that clearly. clearly. Uh, so Eamon, kind of the first time that a lot of Kelly's fan base first kind of, are introduced to you is when you're playing with Graham Colton band and you guys are opening up on the breakaway tour. Uh, can you talk about how you and Graham kind of got hooked up? Yes, man, that was so fun. Those man, there was some of the best memories. Um, Graham and I got hooked up. I was, I'd been out with Matt Nathanson. Right. And we had to oh, even that early you were. Yeah. Back in like, Oh four, I was with Matt and oh, I didn't know that. we had done some shows with Graham and his band. And, uh, you know, hit it off with them. Graham is original. He's an Oklahoma guy, but he's, he kind of, uh, came up in Dallas and I'm originally from Dallas. So, mm -hmm. um, so we, 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 um, you know, uh, bonded over, over, you know, Texas and Dallas and all the, the scene and everything. So we, we, um, you know, kept in touch. And then after Matt had come off the road and was thinking about the next record and taking some time off and everything, Graham, uh, was out on the road and his guitar player turtle had hurt his hand or something like that and was leaving the band or so, I don't know what the, what the details were. Um, but Graham called me and says, Hey, we're in Nashville. Can you come here? We got a show tomorrow night. Can you come and learn these songs and do the show or whatever? And then we've got, you know, Birmingham and whatever else after, if you could stay on, I was like, yeah. So I, you know, jumped on a plane and flew to Nashville went into rehearsals that very next day. And then that night we played a show. <laughs> oh my God. That's crazy. That always impresses me that guitarists can come in that quickly and learn an entire set list of songs that fast. I mean, they're, I'm not a musician, so I don't have that, that mental comprehension, but the fact that anybody is able to do that is, is very, very impressive to me. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, and it's, I mean, it's different. It, it can be like when a different artist or a different person you play with can it, the type of music that either, you know, it's like of a, of a, like a, I don't know, a, like say a John legend or something like that, who has kind of more of a jazz or classical kind of compositions and stuff. That would be a little trickier to just kind of go in and just like do it. But, you know, Graham's was a pretty straight ahead rock and roll Oasis kind of thing. I was familiar with that that kind of thing. So it wasn't like it was, you know, um, walking into like you know, an orchestra and trying to figure it out, you know? Um, right. 
not, if you, you get know, like one or two little notes wrong, it's rock. It's yeah, fine. yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. And that and that was the great thing about Graham's band. It was a very, um, it, it was just a very loose, just rock and roll. It was you know it was built about you know the fun and you know yeah. good times and stuff. Yeah, and so, yeah. It wasn't like such a you know. And Graham was great. I mean, he, you know, he created a great environment, and all those guys were you know love all of those guys. I hadn't talked to Graham in a while. I see he's about to crank up doing some more music. So I'm. Yeah, he's uh, in fact, I think he's doing kind of like a 20th anniversary kind of a thing uh, pretty soon, which is pretty cool. Now, since Pam got to flex, I'm going to flex myself a little (laughs) bit here. I've had a couple of opportunities to hang out with Matt Nathanson, and it seems like every time he comes by, your name always gets brought up and he's he always speaks so highly of you. And it's just always so excited. And And this is probably about 15 years overdue. But I'm supposed to say hi because he said, oh, man, you talk to him. You tell him I said hi. And I'm like, you bet I will, Matt. You got it, dude. Uh, yeah, uh, he's, man, he is awesome. He is like the funniest person you will ever hang out with. He I mean, is. You've got to like, you've got to bring tissue and like, yes, your sides are just hurt. I mean, I can't. We, we'll He'll come to town. And we'll go to lunch or do something like that. And it's just it feels like I mean, I'll come home and it just feels like I've been in a 12 round fight <laughs> beat up just like laughing and just can't i can't stay in my seat you know yeah fear's all in my face i mean he's just relentless <laughs> all right so so now you're officially touring around with with graham and his band and you guys get the call that you're gonna go out with this girl from american idol you're gonna do the opening spot on her tour what was that like you know when you find out you're gonna go out with kelly and you're gonna go and do arenas yeah, you know, and it's funny because it's it's funny because um, early in Kelly's career, you know, it was it, before Idol and all that stuff. It was kind of everyone was kind of like, I mean, even Kelly will say, you know, it's like everybody's kind of like, uh, it's a TV program. Uh, you know, it was hard to get people to come sing with her. She couldn't get anyone to come sing with her because everyone's kind of like, yeah, it's American Idol. So, so I remember my first impression, all of us and stuff. We were like, Kelly Clarkson wants us to come play. We were like, that's so weird. Like. She's like, you know, a TV pop thing. And we're like these dirty rock dudes. Like, what's up? <laughs> you know, we're like leather jackets and, you know, like way should shave and like our hair is black. And like, you know, probably a couple of days, you know, late on a bath. I don't know. We went in a, you know, in a van yeah. for all these weeks. You know, it's like terrible, you know, so. Um, so that was odd to us, but we were like, that sounds amazing. You know, I mean, arena tours, it sounds sounds awesome like yeah so we didn't know we walked in like not knowing what to expect i mean we didn't know you know since it was that big pop world you know we didn't know if we were gonna you know come in and be kept in a cage in the back and let out for you know the show and then put back in and put away yeah so i know what to expect you know um but everyone was so incredibly nice and like Kelly was amazing. You know, she was, she was so nice and just, I mean, as she always, I mean, she always has been. And yeah. She's just the same person in, in that regard. You know, she says, like, Hey, like she's like, you know, known you for years. And then she finds out you're from Texas back then. You know, she was just like, Oh my God. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so we hit it off and you know, we're talking about Texas and again, Texas bringing people together. That's right. <laughs> yeah, cause it's, it's really, cause it's, that's good. Cause like, I mean, 
from the little experience I've seen with my job, the headliners are not super friendly to the openers. Yeah, that's, they're not even not friendly, but just there is that, as you were saying, that major divide of like you are opening and then you go back to your little green yeah. or whatever. Green and place. There's maybe like a hi, nice to meet you, and that's it. Yeah. And it's really refreshing when uh, you're actually considered a human. Yeah, no, it was great because we were like, we were sitting in the dressing room. I think the first night was in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and we were just sitting in our dressing room. um, And just one by one, all they just started, you know, coming in and parading in and welcoming us. And um, it, it was, yeah, it was just great. And we just, and it, you know, it went so well, we did it again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So obviously then um, the next sort of phase is that at some point, a lot of us go to see Kelly live in concert and we think, who's the, uh, who's the new guy on guitar? This guy, <laughs> I like, I, I know this guy, I, this guy looks familiar. So what happens where Kelly comes to you and says, I need a guitarist. I mean, I, I imagine it probably wasn't that easy, but yeah. or, or as simple as that. But what happens when Kelly comes to you and says that she wants you to join her band? Um, okay, so I, the we had we had done those two tours with her, um, and I'm trying to I want to get the the order of it right. I can't remember if it was. While I was still in Graham's band, while we like in, in the off um, time between those tours, um, Kelly and I had become friends, you know, and talking and stuff. And I had um, gone out to her house in Texas um, and just, you know, hung out there. It was I was with um, well, so Jimmy at the time, the other guitar player. We yeah. we drove uh, down to her house and hung out and stayed there for a couple of days Um you know, she had a bunch of land and stuff. So we'd go out there goofing on, on uh, all their toys and all that. Um, and so after, after that, I think one of the other guys was leaving the band. Um, and so she, they were, they had gone, oh yeah, that's right. The, they had gone over to Europe to do another leg after the U.S. leg. And so we had stayed behind. We weren't doing the European run with them. So I guess while they were over there, they were coming back and they were, they were coming back and there were some changes that were going to be made that were already set or something like that. And I, I, the, the story, or at least the way I've heard it is Kelly had asked Jason if he thought that I would come and play with them. Like, you, you know, I think the thing was like, you think Avon would come play with us or whatever. And Jason was like, I think so. <laughs> or, and so I guess he had gotten Jimmy to ask, or no, no, Jason called, that's right. Jason called me and asked if I wanted to like play in the band. I was like, yes, of course. Um, And so that just, that's kind of how that, that happened was it just, the opening was there and Mm -hmm. Kelly and I had already, you know, had bonded over, um, you know, over the time, over the course of time from the tours and in between the tours. Um. And I, and at that point I'd started writing and that's, I actually had written uh, the music to maybe, Ugh. and I had given, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> and, and so I went over to Jimmy's house and I tracked it and he sent it to her. And that was like, that was the first song that we had as a, as a song. I mean, that was our first song. I mean, uh, yeah. with Kelly anyway. So, so after that, 
it was just on after that. I mean, as far as just coming, you know, being in the band and then beginning to write more and more and just yeah, one thing I was, after another. <laughs> that, uh, that leads to my next question about, okay, obviously you are a major songwriting component in her career. And we thank you for that because some of the most like adored songs were co-written by you. Oh, but going back even further, like even when you were younger, were, were you writing at a young age or were you just playing? No, I, I, I was writing. I was writing um, all, even in uh, with, uh, with Graham. I mean, he was the prime, I mean, I was his thing and primary writer and stuff. But uh, I mean, we wrote together in there. I don't think he ever re- released any of that. Um, but yeah, um, before that, yeah, my dad was a writer um, and had a cut in Nashville years and years and years ago. But he was always a writer, so I was always around that. And eventually I picked up on that when I was young as well. And in the band prior to Matt and all of that, that that was kind of like my my first big band that I toured with and stuff. I did all the, the writing in that in that band. And uh, um, yeah, so it's it's always been a thing. Now, I think Pam is also being a little shy about this because she's made it well known on our show that Maybe is actually her favorite song. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, yeah. By far. Oh, I'm like obsessed. I remember like when I guess you guys debuted it, the Addicted Tour, and I didn't go, but I remember I got some bootleg version and I like put it on my like iPod as you did back in the mid 2000s and I would just listen to it on loop until oh. the actual album was out like a year later. So, oh, that's so great. I'm obsessed, but I also never listened to it. Because it's one of those songs I only listen to when I'm like in my feels. So I'm like, when you need you know, it, <laughs> when, I, when you need it. Yeah. So luckily it's not too often, but oh, it's okay. always yeah. like adored. But yeah. No, I appreciate thanks. that. Thanks. I've... Thanks. Thanks, Jeremy. Uh, <laughs> I actually, that's one of my favorites as well. I mean, I, I'll probably say that a lot, but I mean, but really like maybe really is, I mean, obviously it's special to me because it was like kind of the launch pad for Kelly and I, um, our co-writing, um, partnership. Um, but I just love that because I love, I love writing. I love being able to get away with writing songs like that because you can't always get away with writing songs like that or they're just kind of just linear and just kind of like slowly kind of build, um, you know, as it's, it's always get us to the chorus, man, pay off. Yes. Yes. It, yes. So it's, it, it's really refreshing to like kind of slip one in like that. <laughs> You're right. It's not like your typical pop song, like the formula, but it's, it, it works so well. It's so, I mean, this is with a like, you know, we can go on with like sober, which we'll get to because everyone's like, talk about sober. We will, <laughs> uh, <laughs> we will, but it's just so honest. And I think that is why you, you're able to get away with it because it's just, um, it has a lot of substance to it. Yeah, absolutely. It's, I think it's a combination of kind of, it's kind of like a, the repetitive kind of hypnotic kind of there's a drone note that kind of is that carries throughout the whole thing so there's kind of this hypnotic thing about that but then her lyrics are just it's just like rainfall they just keep coming and it's just they just carry you the whole time and they they never let you stop or they never let you and and musically it also builds it doesn't seem like it does and then suddenly it just like yeah it's like so. an, an emotion it's like the more you're thinking yeah. about it, yeah yeah you're getting into it you're like yeah yeah i do feel that way yeah oh, <laughs> exactly yeah i'm kind of that way too yeah oh yeah and then exactly. it, so, so it does it's kind of it's it kind of that i think that's why it worked because it works because it's kind of it it's kind of like an emotion it's like you it kind of builds and you think about it and it's you kind of expand on it and it intensifies and yeah 
yeah, that's what now, I like about that song as well. So now, the, now the song is obviously uh, it's it's an older song, but did you get a chance to see her perform it recently on the talk show? And if you did, like what what is that what is that like to know that you know of all the songs that she's got in her catalog that she could go back to, she brings this one back to perform on her show? Yeah, that um, it, it's weird because like I I, um, I, did, I haven't seen it yet, but I, I all the you know I got the from my publisher saying hey. Uh- like the, yeah, the uh, clearance thing. Clearance. I was wondering. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, wow, that's a weird title to come in. I didn't see that, that, <laughs> that song come in for anything in a while. Um, <laughs> that was odd. I was like, wow, who wants that? And then I saw it was Kelly and I was like, oh, okay. So it made sense. So, <laughs> um, but no, I heard that it, it was like she did it and it was like a piano version. Like everyone is like, hey, so, hey man, oh my God. I'm fucking, you, know, blah, blah. you know, even Ash was like, man, I've heard that song in a whole different light, you know, because yeah. Yeah, did. I lost my shit seeing it on TV 14 years later, just to put it right, you know. <laughs> I was like, what well, is yeah, going Ryan on? Favorite. Yeah, it's like, you're like, oh my God. Like, all this, like this random, like, random deep cut that's going to be on NBC. <laughs> Let's do it. You know? I know, right? I know, it's pretty, pretty intense. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So, and that was kind of a last minute, I heard a last minute call kind of thing. Like, it was just, they had some other songs that were, that they were scheduling and rehearsed or whatever it is at last minute. I guess clearance didn't cut it, uh, you know. That's cool. So obviously, you know, you and uh, and Jimmy both kind of start your songwriting relationship with Kelly in the My December record. And, you know, it's obviously it's a it's a fan favorite record. It's considered to be kind of her heaviest record. What what was the writing process like for that album? Because I know you and Jimmy and Kelly were you really worked a lot on a lot of the songs that ended up on that album. Yeah, um, most of the stuff that the the process for that was would would go because Jimmy and Jason were producing it there with David Kahn at uh, the Village here in LA, and the the process mainly went with like I would create I would start the music or the track or whatever, and I would send it either straight to Kelly. I would just email it straight to Kelly. Or if I was with Jimmy, I would show him or give it to him and either he would give it to her at the studio or he um, would send it over to her, you know, I guess if he didn't, uh, wasn't going to see her or whatever. And then they would work on it, I guess, at the studio whenever they would go in to cut. Just because, I mean, because the way that I understood it is um, the way David Kahn was, um, kind of do was control like um the process of Mm -hmm. recording it it was was a little different than just say bringing in the band pass out the charts and you know fire it up and everybody just go at it so it was a little different in that it was more kind of um i don't want to say patchwork because that sounds kind of like you know not really but there were a lot of moving parts, it seems. Yeah, there were a lot of moving parts. And, and it was just like they were all coming together um, in different ways. You know, um, yeah, so some of the writing was was um, quick and easy. And some of them were, you know, built throughout the process. <laughs> you know, that kind of brings me to my next question, because a lot of people, when they think about the songwriting process, they imagine the songwriters all sitting around a table and just banging out a song in 45 minutes when, you know, that's definitely not the case. I mean, there are some times when y'all can sit around and you can do that 
But then there's also times when it can take weeks and months to write a song. I mean, did you find that because you and you sort of touched on it. Did you find that there were some songs that came together really, really quickly and then others that that were a lot more involved and took a lot longer in the process? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, And and Kelly and I, we've written like there's a few ways that we've that we've right. And I guess the most the usual way we write is I'll write a track, send it to her and she'll either she'll either send, you know, text me back say, can you lower this or can you, you know, change this part or do this or like, I'm going here. Can you make it do this or whatever, you know, and and it's that um, kind of a, you know, a volley kind of thing. Um, And then there's been other times that um, we like, like every Christmas, for example, I was over at her house and she had, you know, had the piano or whatever. She's like, you know, God, you know, this one, this idea, one part or whatever, she started singing. I was like, okay, so we sat down at a piano and we worked it out together there at a piano. Um, there's been other times like um, where we were over, it was me and Ash over at her house one night, watching TV and hanging out and stuff. And we were there late and Ash was like, oh, you know, I'm tired. I'm going to go to bed. So she went upstairs and went to bed. And, I, and Kelly and I were, you know, we stayed, you know, there and we're hanging out and talking and stuff. And there was, you know, acoustic there. And, and uh, we were talking about just influences and like all this other stuff. And so we had this idea and we we're like, well, yeah, well, that's part of my music. So I would like, you know, um, like if you don't like Reba or whatever, then you probably, you know, that's, that's, you know, that's yeah. what influenced me and all these different things. So we had this idea and we're like, oh man, that'd be a cool idea for a song. So we just sat there and stayed up late working out uh, a song then, you know, just kind of banging it out there. And that was, ain't gonna like this. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. So that was, you know, that was a lot of fun because of the topic at the, you know, we were started like firing. Okay. Who are some of those Elvis? Okay. Who cool. like, <laughs> Oh yeah. I love Prince. Oh, let's throw Prince in there. Yes. We have <laughs> Prince and Stevie. And like, so that was a lot of fun, you know, writing that song. And that was a, you know, an instance where we were actually in the same room kind of, you know, hammering it out. So like, forgive my ignorance, I'm also not a musician, but so do you typically, when you're writing a song, do you typically write it with the instrument? You're not just writing it, um, like actually writing the words. Well, it's like, with Ain't Gonna Like This, it was it was a mutual thing. It was, it was both, we were both there to kind of like fire off the lyric. Um, but usually when it's a track kind of thing, she usually, you know, goes goes in her cave and... And, and, you know, does the, usually does the whole lyric. And, and, and a lot of times she'll, you know, she'll ask me for my opinion. I said, should it be, you know, this or this, or, you know, right. something like that. Um, so, it, you know, t- it, that, you know, those are. It varies. Yeah, I it guess. varies. But yeah. mainly my approach is the first thing is, I mean, unless it's like a cool title or there, or I hear someone say something, I'm like, oh man, that is really cool or really interesting. And I'll, you know, I've got like a, uh, you know, notes thing of just a bunch of like song titles or song <laughs> ideas or something like that. And I can go back to those and kind of pull from those. But my main approach is like, I'll either sit down, at, you know, at like the piano or pick up a guitar or something and look for something that moves me. <laughs> I don't know. I love that. So yeah. do you just, whenever the mood strikes you and you, you get like a melody or, or something or a track in your head, do you just kind of get it down real quick? And then do you just send it on to Kelly or to Jason or whomever, just whenever the mood strikes? Yeah. Well, I, um, I, I usually will build a very basic 
track. I mean, I try anyway, because I get on there and go, oh, man, golly, a lost slide guitar would be great on this. And the next <laughs> yeah. like, well, five hours later, little idea I was going to send to her. <laughs> so, so Here's a fully produced track. Yeah. <laughs> but what was specifically what did what was your question on? I'm just saying, you know, if you if you come up with an idea and you lay something down, do you just kind of table that and you wait for a little while so that you can send a bunch of things to to whomever you need to or want to send them to or do you just kind of have this great idea and you send it off right away and you're like i think there's something here yeah i mean it it varies it varies like if i i try to be cognizant of kind of what's going on with her you know it's like i don't like if she's got like you know things going on and stuff i try not to like send a bunch of stuff to distract her or anything like that but yeah i mean usually if it's something that like i when i when i approach an idea i never I won't say never, but most of the time I don't go, okay, this is what I'm going to do. Like I want to do, I usually like the, the thing that kind of draws me in is an idea or a sound or something like that. And then whatever that kind of, um, whatever I hear in that, like if I hear like, oh man, like this is something like Kelly's been asking or listening to this, or like she's been talking about this or she's been vibing on this lately or whatever. I'm like, this might be something Kelly could be into or something like that. So I'll, I'll either build it out or like, you know, like keep it simple or, or something like that. But I'll, sometimes I'll hold it and sometimes I'll just immediately send it. And sometimes, I mean, I, most, I and mean, even recently I'll, I'll send her a terrible, just like straight on my phone, you know, just like, <laughs> you know, here's this, I'm not going to spend any time on like, you know, doing it until I know you can kind of like halfway dig it or whatever. You yeah. Know? I don't want to like spend the 12 hours on it. If, you know, if it's not something you're into or whatever, but um, so I've done it like that as well, you know, Cinder. So like, <laughs> I'm curious because um, what, what's been like the involvement, like over the years with different albums, like you obviously you've written on, various different albums some not at all just by happenstance but like what is like i feel like your involvement over the years has just progressed more whether that's songwriting you did you i don't know if i'm making this up did you produce some of the new album um well the, the mistletoe, mistletoe that i did with i did with jesse yeah mm -hmm. okay uh, under the mistletoe yeah that was okay um but uh, yeah, Jesse and Jason, I think, produced the rest of it. Because you also had a lot of involvement on this new Christmas album, which I love. I haven't listened to it too much because I'm like, it has. it's not even Halloween yet. And I'm just yeah. trying to get through tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I will say you actually wrote on the one song that I cannot get out of my head or just cannot get over, which is Merry Christmas, Baby. I'm just like. Oh, great. Oh, great. It is so petty and I love it. And it's, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, I need, I, it's so good. I don't really know where I was getting at with this, but yeah. I guess can you talk a little bit more about the, the Christmas album? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So it started, it was back in like May or something like that, or April. Just when you're thinking about Christmas, totally. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> I was, just, you know, and I was on the show. I, I, I was coming to do the show, and I went, I went back to Glam to say hey to all the, you know, to all of them, Robert and Candace and Gloria and all them. And uh, Kelly happened to be in there, and she's like, "Oh my God, we're doing a Christmas record, so you know, let's write some Christmas songs or whatever." <laughs> well, all right, let's do it. You know, so it's like May, and so I spent the next couple of months just 
in Christmas mode. <laughs> well, know? it's like 95 degrees in LA. You're like, all right, <laughs> snowflakes, let's go. Yeah. Were, were you, were you yeah. like Jason in his studio and put up a tree? You just had to come home, put up a tree and just get in that mood. Oh uh, no, I, I, no, no. Jason's he's, he's, he's such a better, like he, he can do those kinds of things. So he's always ahead in those kinds of things. Like he's always, he's, he's great like that. No, I've never, I've never, I've never smart enough for that kind of thing to like put Christmas lights up and like, get my whole vibe going. I just, I don't know if I just, I get lost looking for sounds. I, I don't know what it is. <laughs> well, you had, you had a lot of involvement on the previous Christmas record too. I mean, is there, is there something about writing Christmas music that is a little different than writing like a track for a regular record? I mean, you know, it's so weird because like, I remember like, like Pam was talking about earlier, like when I was writing back before Kelly and Annie and Graham and all of that stuff, I remember I always I was like, man, I just want to write, I want to, I want to write a Christmas song. I always want to write a Christmas song. I always want to write a Christmas song. And now it's like, it's, it's all Christmas now. It like. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm the Christmas guy. I don't know. Um, but no, it, it's, um, it, it, it is different. It is different because uh, like, especially with, like for me with Kelly, I mean, as you can probably see the thread with the my Kelly songs, they're more, they're usually darker, minor ballad. Those are my of, favorite. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm constantly saying I yeah, love the sad stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, I don't, I don't know what that says about me or. Yeah. So it tends to be a little more of that. So obviously it, I'm, I guess now I'm thinking about it, even my, Christmas songs are kind of with her. <laughs> I can think about used to know, and I'm like, yeah, that's like, that one's definitely not, you know, but yeah. So writing Christmas songs. So yeah, the approach is different. Like I, I, I think like specifically, like when I was sending her this, like I was like, okay, I'm in the mode of like classic. Like I, you know, it's like, I love the, like, you know, the, the contemporary Christmas stuff, you know, the, um, I think uh, like, people I mean I want to say like a couple of you know obviously Mariah I mean but that yeah. that's that's gone into classic at this point but like you know like oh, don't say album. that yeah like Beaver <laughs> put out a Christmas album uh I think like there's a couple Casey of, Casey has Casey Musgraves I Casey don't know. Musgraves. oh yeah that's right she did one last last year year before yeah. COVID has put a big black hole in everyone has Christmas albums now it's like <laughs> yeah who yeah who do we even think yeah, of? so I appreciate those um <laughs> like the contemporary kind of classic thing or contemporary um, Christmas thing. But I was like, I wanted to do classic, like, like classical stuff. Like during COVID I did um, a bunch of um, orchestration and uh, film score study kind of stuff. Ooh. I mean, that's what I did with my time was like orchestration, awesome. learning more orchestration and theory and all that stuff. So um, when I was writing these songs for Christmas, like a lot of the original tracks are, are, orchestra or like you know orchestra based or just mm -hmm. kind of like really class so i was going for that big like nat king cole or you know the, you hear it you yeah, hear it yeah kind of stuff yeah well and so it was different in that regard like i mean like you know writing for kelly records and stuff i usually don't you know sit down with strings first or <laughs> or yeah. you know, that kind of thing so it was different and uh, and that's what was great about it, you know. That's what was what I loved about it. And the same with the last record. We were in, um, I think London doing promo, and 
she was, um, they went to do some radio stuff and I'd stayed at the hotel and it was a little easier to get into the Christmas vibe in London because it was so cold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And that's when I, so I, and that was different because that I started uh, Winter Dream, Winter's Dream. That was the first one that we kind of did on that one. And that one started, you know, with clunky sleigh bells and all that. Yeah. Kind of, yeah so it, it was a different approach as well. So, so yeah, I approach Christmas songs a little different than I do. Like if I'm going to write, you know, regular songs with her for sure. Well, and I know you said that, you know, you kind of do these heavy emotional songs. I will say that the, the track that she has with Ariana on the new record is a banger. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I will say, too, that, you know, and I listen to a lot of Christmas music. Um, you know, I, I, I love it. And I love hearing new Christmas songs. I mean, I love hearing, you know, contemporary artists doing standards. That's great. But I really do love listening to new songs. And I really do think that of all the artists that are out, doing originals for the holidays. Kelly is one of the best when it comes to the wall of sound. And, you know, she showed that for sure on the first Christmas record. And I think you guys did it again on this one as well. And especially the Santa, can't you hear me? I really think that that is an excellent example of a great wall of sound Christmas song that people don't get that. Like that whole technique is such a slow burn. Like you don't realize those songs sneak up on you year after year after year. And the next thing you know, four or five years down, you're like, I can't remember why I love this song so much, but there's something about it that just brings me in. Same thing with uh, with Underneath the Tree from the first album. That one, you know, I think, I, and I've said this on our show a bunch of times, I think it's the best Christmas song that's come out in the last 25 years. And I mean, I, I mean nobody's going to get to like the Mariah Carey level, but it basically is the All I Want for Christmas is You of the last 25 years. And, you know, when you guys are going into to doing that kind of stuff, are you, are you thinking like, oh, this could like this could have like a wall of sound type of a vibe because you can't overuse the technique. But on a couple of to- a couple of occasions, you know, if you have the right building blocks for it, it really does work. Right. Right. Well, that's a great question. I'm glad you asked because, I mean, well, first of all, I'll give the credit of the wall of sound to um, first Kelly, because she said that's what like when going in for in particular songs, she would convey that to Jason and giving credit to Jason he's you know he's responsible for being able to create or you know creating Kelly's vision in that in that regard that mm-hmm. that sound um so it and it's funny because you bring up the Mariah uh song and the Santa can't you hear me song and it's funny the way that that song came together because that was that was a that was a um a, a deliberate approach um like that I started because I was like, I was like, man, that Mariah song, it just kicks so much ass every year. Yeah. So far out. And then like, it just, it just, I mean, as far as Christmas, I mean, it just, it destroys everything else. It's such like, it's a beast of us of a Christmas song. Right. I mean, it's so good. And so I'm like, man, just to, to, to have a song like that to like, tilt the globe <laughs> you know in the, in the universe that just that's such a crazy song like that's such an amazing feat and uh and i and i was just like man i want to write i want to write a, a banger as jeremy says like you know like that i want to like i want i want to write something that's like that moves like that and so um you know i started like messing with santa can't you hear uh can't you hear me kind of chords and kind of doing the thing and like you know, 
messing around and stuff. And I, I finally got a hold of, you know, kind of the, the, the original concept or whatever. And it was funny the way I presented it to Kelly when I sent it to Kelly, because I, I had the whole, the Mariah thing in, in mind. And I was like, and so when I sent it to her, I, you know, sent her a text. It was joking, just saying basically like, you know, Mariah's, you know, she's been doing this, you know, she's owned Christmas for too long. This is bullshit. Like, <laughs> like, like, you know, so I'm going saying, like, well, you know, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of Mariah owning Christmas. This is bullshit. Like it's our time. Like, let's do this. like we're going to take over Christmas. Like get that Mariah shit out of here. Like we're going to do this. So like I've started something that's like, that's going to like erase Mariah's stuff like here I need you to finish this you know just kind of bullshitting with her and kind of like being funny and stuff and so you know we would back and forth and stuff we you know we were kind of like mentioning as the like like the F Mariah song you know here I, I did this on the that's on the you know I, I added some vocals on you know that F Mariah song you know whatever so it was, that's what it's it called be, yeah so it kind of became this kind of joke or something that for that for that particular song because it was you know kind of the up-tempo kind of uh was that always going to be a duet? Like, did you write that with that in mind? No, it, it wasn't. I didn't, no, that wasn't in mind. I think that that was just, uh, that was Kelly's idea at the last minute, I guess, at the- It um, worked. Yeah, I guess she was talking to Ariana and was just like, asked her if she wanted to jump on the Christmas song. Yeah, and then Aunt Kelly was just like, hey, I, I think uh, Ariana's going to jump on that song if you're cool. I was like, what? Please, yeah. <laughs> yes, of course. Casual. Well, yeah. and I said in our uh, when we kind of did a special edition about the uh, the Christmas record, I said that that is the vocal crescendo of the entire album is that particular song and those last like forty five seconds of that tune. I mean, forget about it. I mean, I don't know anybody else is going to put out anything that sounds like that. Man, I know it's there's one point it sounds. I mean, it's like a it's like a a Cirque show going on. There's just <laughs> vocal gymnastics everywhere. Yes. <laughs> yes. When, when uh, ultimately like 40 years down the road, when Kelly Clarkson love finally replaces Beatles love <laughs> at the Mirage, they're going to use this song. Speaking of emotions, we want to go back to 2006 <laughs> and uh, I know, right. Uh, so Pam had kind of touched on this earlier you know one of the all-time fan favorite songs from kelly's catalog is sober which is a song that you uh helped construct can you kind of talk about um you know if we can you know erase christmas from our heads for a second and go back a bit can you talk about the making of that song and if you guys kind of thought that this was going to be, I mean, I, I know that nobody can really know for sure, you know, if it's going to be a hit or, you know, if there, if it's going to be well received by fans, but, you know, can you talk about sort of the, the building of that particular song from that record? Yeah, sure. Um, so uh, that came, I was living, I was living uh, here in LA. I just, I just moved to LA when I, when I first got here, obviously I didn't have, you know, all my gear or anything. I just had a computer. So basically I just, I recorded it in garage band. I just, I had that just the original little kind of idea, um, the opening strumming part or whatever. Yeah. And, um, and I was, I, I, you know, I tracked it or whatever, and I didn't think much of it or whatever. And, you know, Ash was gone during the day at work or whatever. And, you know, I had worked on that a little bit and stuff. And, and at first I just wasn't, you know, it was just like, eh, you know, and it didn't, you know, it didn't really like move me or anything. It wasn't something that it like, 
immediately like struck me or whatever. It's like, oh, you know, it's an idea. Put it, you know, in the stack. Um, so Ash had come home and I, you know, I was, I went back to the idea and I was just in the living room toying with it. And I'm, you know, she heard it in there. She's like, so she came in, she's like, what, you know, that's really good. I don't know. You should, you should maybe, I don't know. You have, you sent that to Kelly. I was like, nah, I just, you know, it's just a, you know, just a noodle at this point or whatever. She's like, yeah, you may want to, you know, mess with it a little more, finish it, you know, send it to her. I was like, all right. So I toyed with it a little bit more and I, you know, I sent it to her and, uh, you know, I guess it was a few days later, she, you know, she sent back her recording of vocal and, you know, was in there listening and I listened back and I was like, I was like, whoa, like, <laughs> this is something she like often killed it. Like, holy God, <laughs> something like really, really good here. Really, really great. Um, and so this, I didn't know at the time that she, I guess she was, she was back in Texas and, she, I don't know where they were or whatever, but she had talked to, uh, was it Calamity McIntyre's? You know, yeah. One of the writers on it. Yeah. I think. Yeah. It was, so yeah, she was talking with her and that she's the one who had mentioned the uh, pick the weeds uh, line. And so that kind of inspired her lyrics. So I think it was timing with the type of track that, I gave her and that lyric that Calamity had given her at the time. And it just, it came together at that moment for that song. Um, and so, yeah. And then they just happened to be going into the studio with Jimmy and Jason and David Kahn. And so it just, um, they started working on it and just took off. It was just a combination of talent and luck and timing, honestly. Yeah, just, uh, yeah, all the, it was, again, I mean, and in, in a lot of, I mean, most things are that way, or just circumstantial, you know, just, just the, in the environment, the timing, every, you know, everything is just, and for that song, it was, it was, uh, yeah, it was the timing of the right track, the right, you know, inspiration, lyric from Calamity, and uh, yeah, just, you know, it was great. It's funny, I've had a couple of friends who, they're just like, you know, Kelly, like, why? Like, why are you, why are you such a fan? You know, because, you know, it's whatever. I'm like, oh, fine, whatever. So <laughs> they're like, it's, she's like, that's so random. But I had a lot of friends who have, for whatever reason, stumbled upon the performance the two of you did at the Troubadour like 10 years ago that it still gets so much buzz. And then they're like, Pam, I get it. I'm like, thank you. I finally <laughs> get it. Like that performance, like, I mean, obviously the studio version as well, but for some reason that performance gets around to a lot of people who aren't familiar with her back catalog. And I think it's one of the best ones that she has. One of the best, like, especially like the B-side tracks. Yeah. Um, it's one of the ones that a lot of non-fans are starting to like, who don't, you know, that maybe just know like the radio hits. They're like, oh, I can get on board with this. It's like, yeah, yeah. you can, you should. Yeah. <laughs> that you particular should. gig is, was probably, I mean, it's up there like in the top three gigs that I've done with Kelly. Really? Like, that, yeah, okay. So good. that being said, I mean, segueing to our next thing, like you've obviously, you've traveled the world with her. You've mm -hmm. gone to many places. You've played clubs like that. You've played arenas. You've played major festivals. I mean, what, what have been some of your favorite memories? Obviously that show for one. 
Yeah, that, I mean, God, there's it's so such, many. It's such a loaded question. I know, I know. Yeah, I mean, because <laughs> there's categories. Like, what was the funniest? Like, like there's, there's uh, you know, like, fulfilled moments. There, there's different ones. Um, yeah, ooh, gosh, that's, that's hard. Obviously, <laughs> a lot of people are going to roll their eyes. But, like, all of that getting to go back to, like, Liverpool and get um, to go back and see, like, all of that stuff and, like, be there as a musician with, like, yeah. Uh, you know, not, 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 um, there's just a, a, there's, there was just a self kind of emotional kind of thing that was just like that music had brought me there and it wasn't something that like I paid for the trip to be as, you know, to tour, you know, tour. It's like, I actually like as a musician had, you know, climbed a mountain to, to see this this stuff that in return had like inspired me to climb a mountain, you know, and And you also, didn't you meet Paul as well? I did. <laughs> Casual. It, it was pretty magical. Oh yeah. Oh god. I know it was that. Yeah, that was that was another moment. That was uh, that was right after she did the piece by piece on American Idol, and she did it the like broken down way. And all of a sudden, they wanted a recording because they wanted it up on iTunes because it did so well. This one with Keith crying. Keith yes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh my, this is bawling might. So yeah. Um, <laughs> so. So we were in there and someone mentions like uh, Paul McCartney's in the next studio with Greg Kirsten. Oh my God. I was like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> and you know Greg. So it's like, yeah. right? So it's like, hey, Greg. Make uh, and what's funny is because I wasn't there at the studio. This was at Henson here in LA. And I wasn't at the studio. I was actually back at the hotel with um everson because he was he was only like six months old at this point and but ashley this is when she was working with kelly and so she was there and so she was the one who was saying like yeah paul is right next to us and she's met paul like a few times like working with john bryant like she's like hung out with him and like him and stevie wonder and like they're playing like little harmonics and, well this is great oh and she's like yeah <laughs> awesome yeah so, <laughs> again casual so, very yeah, casual. I know. So she knew, like, she knew that, like, what that meant to me and stuff. She was like, "Yeah, Paul is up here." I was like, "I'll be right there." <laughs> Bringing the child, I'm like, "Okay, no, like, let's go." Yeah, exactly. I'm like, "Oh, I forgot my kid." Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. The only thing I put him in a car seat. I'm like driving, like holding him, <laughs> so I don't miss him. <laughs> so no, I so, so I get there and I'm in the lobby and Allie, you know. um, uh, Kelly's nanny is there as well. Um, and there's a few people in the lobby and stuff and we're standing there and I, you know, Allie's like, let me see Everson, you know, and Allie's holding Everson and we're just standing there and all of a sudden the door pops open. Here comes Paul McCartney in his pink button down, rolling up his sleeves. Where's this baby? There's a baby out here. There's this baby. Where's this baby? <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. I'm dying, right? Was it was it your was he talking about Everson? Yes. Oh my god. Walked, the coolest kid ever. He walks across the like the lobby right there and he's making a beeline for Everson. You know, Allie's holding Everson and Paul McGarney's walking over to Everson and he's like touching his cheek and like, well, hey, you know, like messing with him. And I take my phone and I'm like, oh my God. And I go click and I go, what am I doing? And I go, I put that away. I was like, oh shit. Oh. So I, I was like, what? I was like, it freaked me out. I was like, wait, I'm taking a no, what? No, ah. So I put that away, but there is one blurry picture that exists of that. <laughs> so this is the best, actually, because so 
so he's going like, oh, you know, and he's meeting, I'm, I'm about three people down and Paul's like, oh, you know, nice to meet you. And he goes to the next person or whatever. And he gets like right next to him. He's about to come to me. And all of a sudden on the other side of the lobby, the door swings open and it's David Blaine oh my. and his daughter. <laughs> That's not <laughs> what I was expecting you to say. And Paul swings over and he's like, oh, hey. And he like, you know, walks over. And I'm like, oh, come oh, on, man. So close, so close, so close. I was meeting. And so he walks over and they're, you know, David Blaine and they're doing their thing and like catching up and stuff. And, uh, you know, I'm just sitting there. I was like, Oh man, it was really close. Um, and so just a few minutes later, Kelly comes out and she's holding river and she kind of like, it, she comes out like, like right where Paul and David are. And like, Kelly's not looking and she kind of bumps him. She goes, Oh, like, Oh, like, hey. well, Gartney, you know, like, <laughs> You know, in the true Kelly way, or he's like, he's like, oh, you know, like that. And she's like, oh, nice to meet you. You know, this is whatever. And, you know, Kelly's not a Beatle fan, you know, right? So she's like, you know, whatever. And, and Kelly's, you know, she's, she's not affected, you know, that way. And uh, so she's like, well, I'm going to go home. You know, I've been here all day. So I'm going to, you know, I'm out or whatever. Um, and he's like, okay, cool. You know, nice to meet you like that. And so she's river and she passes by me and, you know, she walks up and she's walking by me to leave. And she's like, did you meet him? meet him i was like no i almost did and i was like it was close but man it was awesome she was like what you, you didn't meet him i was like nah she's like no no fuck that fuck that no, no, no. <laughs> she's, like, she's like paul paul she's like hollering over to me, paul yeah like, and he turns around, she goes i hate to be that asshole but like this guy here thinks you invented fire and blah blah blah, blah you know like all this and he was like oh this is impeccable taste you know and he started coming <laughs> over to me and i'm standing and by this time the whole room is fake because everyone knows like what this means and stuff to me because i'm like just obnoxious beetle fan and so he's walking over and he's shaking my hand and i just remember like wanting out of that moment because I'm just, like, <laughs> I everyone's watching or, like i don't you know it's like i don't want to like i don't want to i don't want to do anything that's going to I don't want to mess this up. <laughs> like I can't like, I can't wreck my beetle stuff. That would devastate me. Yeah. Like, I just remember shaking his hand and he had the like softest hands I'd ever felt in my life. Like he'd never <laughs> worked a hard day in his life. You know? <laughs> and so he just had, he had super soft hands. He was just like, he's like, Oh, you know, thank you so much. And you know, here's a man with impeccable taste and like, you know, just going on and stuff. And I was just like, you know, thank you so much. You know, thanks and stuff. I don't want, you know, keep you to bother you. Like, you know, let me out of here. (laughs) And so, you know, and that was it. I would just remember like after meeting him and, you know, it's just kind of like everything was just kind of like sparkly and slow motion. And I didn't really know. It was just, it's like one of those moments. Everything. What do you do after? (laughs) Yeah. Like, you don't say people are talking to you. You're just like, well, just like, you You are on like a true high. I'm like, I'm floating on a cloud. I walk outside and it's like, you know, now I'm not in a, a dark studio and it's like bright and sunny. I'm like looking out and it's just like, that's just me, Paul McCall. <laughs> <laughs> a random Monday morning. What? Am I alive? Is that's this a- real? Like, I'm so confused right now. Like, but Amy yeah, just happens. floats back to the hotel. <laughs> yeah, didn't exactly. You, didn't but even need the car. Something else I owe, you know, a great debt of gratitude to Kelly for. I mean, like, wow. <laughs> but at the, but in the moment though, where, did you feel like super tiny when she's like, "Hey, Paul, come over here." You're like, "No, no, no, no! Don't, don't bring him over here." She's like the mom, be like, "Come here, huh? you know." 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it was, it was, you know, it was, I didn't feel, I didn't feel like uh, any kind of like, I, I felt like kind of glad because I mean, it's like, I, I really did want to meet. So I felt really appreciative. I remember feeling definitely gratitude and appreciative that she recognized that. And like, she knew it was a moment that like had to be taken because it probably would not happen again. And she was like, this moment has to happen. Like, cause she, she knows, I mean, like, our, like, it's, it's funny, our, our banter, you know, in our relationship is uh, about the Beatles and how, like, like, she doesn't hate the Beatles or doesn't, you know, not like the Beatles, but she, you know, she's like, you know, it's not her thing. Whatever about it. And so, but I'm always like, I'm always like poking her with it and stuff. I'm like, oh man, you know, you keep, you know, you keep on, you know, you can, You'd be as good as the Beatles one day. You know, or just like, you know, or I'm just always down. I'm like, wow, this is a really good song. Like, you know, if you know, if you keep working at it, I mean, you might, you know, you might be like Beatles caliber one day. Or, you know, I'm, I'm always like joking with and her. She's like, Amen, like, shut up. <laughs> Beetle boy, you know, oh, Beetle boy, Beetle boy. She's, like, Beetle yeah. boy. <laughs> so she's always like, you know, whatever. Like, oh, there's a Beatles. <laughs> what are you talking about? Whatever, you know. You know, she'll, she'll always say, like, yeah, you know, it just sounds bad. I don't know. It sounds bad. You know, it's like, you know, it's like, it sounds like the Beatles or something. Like, oh, like, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> she's always messing with me about the Beatles, too. So, um, <laughs> Uh, yeah. Well, again, uh, another kind of weird course correction transition here. <laughs> uh, going back to, uh, you know, sort of your songwriting. Um, what is what are some songs that you are most proud of that that you and kelly have worked on together or even if you if, even if it's just one oh i mean that's that is tough and i've um I, I mean you tend to like the most recent thing you've done or um and, I, and i'm i'm super proud of um merry christmas to the one i used to know oh my mm-hmm. gosh uh, it's so good yeah I'm, I'm i'm really proud of that one just because um it i, I feel like it, 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 it's um I don't know how to say it I don't want to I don't want to sound like um I, I don't know egotistical or like or but I um I feel Amy, this like, is an entire podcast hour dedicated to you you can be as egotistical <laughs> as you want <laughs> okay this is over <laughs> bye yeah right no I'm just no I mean I, I like it because I feel like it's it's um for me personally, I feel like it's a level up in the composition as, as far as I, I, I approached it to try to expand on more than what I have done. Like, like, cause if you go back with the songs with Kelly and I, they're, they're not like chordal. They're not like real, like, you know, um, chordal compositions. They're not mm-hmm. like really broken out chords, like, um, but this one is more of an because it was an or, it was a pro, it was an orchestration approach. So some of the like the the chords and I and I was taken from after you know like I said during COVID I took all of these like uh, orchestration and theory and scoring courses and all these different things like that. So I feel like I got to apply some of that newer um, knowledge to some of these songs. So some of the the chords are really broken out and a little more sophisticated than some of the previous stuff. So I, I like, I listened back and I'm like, man, it's really like, cause that was the approach. I want to like do something when, cause the approach, like I said, was I was, I want to do something classic in this Christmas thing. So I wanted to do something that was 
Burt Bacharach kind of thing. It wasn't just like a G, C, D, you know, mm-hmm. E minor. Yeah, you know, so it's like a little bit, it, 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 it pushed you more. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I wanted to have like suspended chords and like augmented and, you know, minor, you know, and flat fifths and all these different like things. And I, and that song in particular, like as a songwriter, you always look for something to like approach something different. You know, it's like this, instead of the same thing. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to do this. You know, I'm going to start with this. And with that, I kind of wanted to go like, okay, something that's challenging for me because I'm not necessarily like a piano. I'm not like Liberace on the piano. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I can't just sit down and go, you know, but, uh, but I do, you know, I do well. So I, I, I was like, I've never approached a song um, with a discipline of starting with black keys, like just on a black key kind of thing. I, like, cause you know, if I sit down, my first instinct is, you know, is to hit something in the white key region. That's just kind of, I don't know what that means or. I feel what, like that's, but, that's like, that's, that's most people. Yeah. So, so yeah. So the approach was like, okay, what, to, to, because I'm not as familiar and I'm not as like immediately versed on black keys stuff. I want to build this around black keys. Cause it's going to make me stop and um, think about the chords more and like spend time with each chord as opposed to just kind of going and stuff. So, um, and, and open up different chords. So it was, you know, that a combination of like, approaching that song different, really wanting to like do the kind of the Burt Bacharach Carpenters kind of thing with a more sophisticated kind of composition. So I think the the long way around that is, I think the most recent thing that I'm most proud of is probably that song. you know, and then in the past, you know, um, maybe it's a song that I'm really proud of. I like that because that was first. And I think that like lyrically, I think that she encompassed a lot um, about her, you know, and all of that. So I'm really proud of uh, that song. Um, yeah. And there's a, there's a, honestly, there's a few songs that, that aren't released that I'm like, that are crushing me because they're not really, <laughs> and I think they're so good. And I think that like, oh, that, you know, like she crushed it or, you know, it was a collectively it came together or, or something like that. Right. There's a, there's a couple of songs like that, that, um, that I'm super, super proud of that. Hopefully one day they find a the lot of day. Yeah. And have I- you, do you know if any of the songs that you have been working on, do you know if any of those are under consideration for the next studio record? Well, yeah, before the, before, before she even, I guess, was going to do this Christmas record, the, there was kind of a, a soft um, start to the next record. We, you know, we're, we're always writing, whether it's, you know, record season or not. Um, but the kind of the, the focus of like, you know, all right, let's start thinking about the next thing, you know, that, that started coming into focus. So we were writing and stuff and, and we got a couple of ideas um, we, we wrote a couple of songs um, with with that in mind that were, um, you know, at this point, like, this is for the next record, you know, obviously things get booted and other stuff comes in or whatever. But at the, you know, at the time, that was kind of, the, yeah, this is a record piece. Um, so we did, but then I think that she got the idea that she wanted to do more Christmas music and stuff. So that kind of took a back burner. So that's when we just, you know, everything just kind of turned. Sure. To Christmas. 
but yeah, we had started, we had started a few, um, you know, album. One day, one day we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll, we will hear. And I hope those two, cause those are really good too. Those are, again, those are, I feel like, you know, we, we're both growing as, as writers. Yeah. Um, the more you, the, so it's, the it, more you go through, the more experience yeah. you have and the more you can, yeah, the more you can base it off of. And I feel like with yes. the new Christmas song, you're, it was definitely probably most challenging for you, but now you know you can do it and you can do even more out yeah. of it. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and, and I'm, I'm eager for, for further stuff just because, I mean, there's, there's just been a lot that everyone, that everyone's gone through, you know, here in the past, you know, whatever year and a half, two years that it's been. Yeah. Since, you know. I mean, we don't want to put any pressure on you, but right around the time that the Christmas record came out, I did see somebody tweet a bunch of names of great songwriting partners. And it was, you know, Elton and Toppin and Lennon and McCartney. And right at the very bottom, it was Clarkson Eubanks. I'm just saying it's out there. It's a real tweet that got put into the world. No pressure. <laughs> I totally, I should, I probably shouldn't admit this, but I, I totally am going to admit this, but, but it goes back to the, like the beetle needle that I, that I'm always doing with her. So I have to admit that like, I actually sent that to her. Like I sent her that <laughs> just to jab because it had the Lennon McCartney thing. <laughs> I was just like, but I mean, it just kind of like amazing. one day, you know, one day or whatever. It's, you know, so it was, it was funny. Oh, that was that's funny fantastic. That tweet Cause like, because it had Lennon and McCartney on there. I just sure. like, I to, like, I had to like, <laughs> I couldn't miss the opportunity to sit there like have her in the same light as like the Beatles and stuff. And I'm sure she was like, Avon, go away. <laughs> she probably said something else, but I will keep it PG. Like I, an eye roll or whatever. I was like, oh yeah, yeah. This is, I like, just made my life. Oh, I love it. <laughs> well, that being said, we're going to move on to a few listener questions, if that's okay with you. Great. Okay. And this is kind of on brand with what we're talking about right now. So this is from... Uh, saltier saltire i don't know one two three on twitter they said aben what beatles song would you most like kelly to do on kellyoke or a record also just wanted to thank you for being such a great ally to the lgbtq community just thought i'd throw, oh, throw, throw that in awesome. there from them well great well thank you for that i appreciate that um as far as Song that I would like her to do. She um, didn't she do Oh Darling or am I making that up? Yes. That was yeah. the one. I mean, yeah, she did. I mean, and honestly, because that's that was mainly the that one was the one that I could convince her to do because it was bluesy. Like she's always yeah. like, I gotta have you know, I gotta have some bluesy, you know, it has to have some soul, some bluesy. Oh. So I was like, Oh, this one's definitely And then she did didn't she, and then she did Sgt. Pepper on Idol. Am I like like this was the, like she did it with before me. Yeah, yeah, I it was a pre. I say pre Aben. Didn't they do a collect? Didn't all of them do it or something? No, it was. Or, was it Joe? Was it, it was it with Joe, Joe Perry? Am I making that up? Oh, oh, that's right, Joe Perry. Yeah, because they did. It was uh, 2007. Up- I know this is my weird knowledge coming in. Um, that's yes. right. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> it was the up to the mountain night. I think. Okay, that was Jeff Beck. Jeff Beck. I think that, oh, yeah. Joe Perry was on a different. Yeah, I don't know, but okay. I know, I know the two of them have performed. Yes. Yeah, I know that the two of them have performed together too. Yeah. Okay, so we have two Beatles songs down. What's a third that you would be on? The third one would probably, I don't know. I mean, gosh, that's uh, that's something that she could really, 
rip. I don't know, something like, uh, oh, this is hard. I like all my beat. I'm looking for my Beatles, uh, Beatles bathroom in here. Maybe it can like, just, you know what? I would, you know, probably, probably something. Oh, just because like, I know that she could, you know, shed many tears from many people if she did do it. I could totally um, hear that. Yeah, probably something just because um, that's one of my favorite Beatles songs. Um, and I think that she would probably just slay it. Yeah, I think if I think if I had to choose one, I would probably go A Day in the Life just because, I mean, that's one of my favorite songs. Um, and it just, I and I know that it's, you know, not like bluesy enough for her, but I just want to hear that uh that coming out of her mouth but man something would be that would be awesome to hear uh since uh, before we get to the next uh listener question i just want to really i mean what is what is your favorite beatles album which one is it god it's like um i know it's like picking your favorite song that you've written (laughs) okay okay so yeah uh okay so let's say currently as of today like if you were to walk over, and I know you said you you'd listen to Sgt. Pepper right before you, you talked to us, but if you were gonna walk over and grab a record off the shelf, which which is your go-to right now? If I had to have like if I were on an island and only had one Beatle record. Yes. There I you would, go. It would it would be Abbey Road. Yep. Fair. Abbey Road. Yeah, because it to me it feels like it's a complete arc of um just everything, like a like a arc. Cause there's all the emotions. And again, you feel at the end, you feel like it's the end. You feel like at the beginning, you're so happy and all this stuff and you go through this crazy, all this, and it, it, you know, neatly ties a bow at the end of it. It just, to me, it's just complete all the way through. Like it, it. It's like a touches. full like chapter just from start to end. Totally yeah. Perfect. Yeah. It's yes. Seven course meal. I mean, it's everything. It's just, <laughs> you get it all. And it's just, and it's delicious. <laughs> delicious. All right, Jeremy, you want to right, the, uh, the next Our one? next question comes, yeah, our next one comes from Dan Dan Odij on Twitter. It says, you co-wrote many tracks on My December. I'm interested to hear your take and perspective on the circumstances surrounding the release of this album. Uh, we've talked a lot on our show about, uh, you know, everything that went on with, you know, everything that just sort of happened in that album era. Uh, as a songwriter from that particular record, what was your perspective, uh, both, you know, as part creator of the album and also as someone who goes out there and night after night was performing the tunes and, you know, in front of a crowd? Right. Yeah, that was a that was a really that was a strange time. I mean, like that was like my first involvement with her in the, in the um, creation side, because, you know, when I, when I joined with her, it was already on tour, you know, the album was already going and it was just that. And so when that finished up, then was all the like meeting with managements and the, you know, getting uh, songs together in the label and then all the, you know, all of the stuff that came together with, uh, you know, we need the hits and we want you working with these people and like all of that. And then all of that stuff with Clive and, you know, um, so it was, it was, it was interesting, all of that stuff that was going on because, you know, we were doing the thing at the studio, like writing songs and all of that. But, you know, Kelly obviously was out there fighting the good fight, you know, to try to get this done, but it was, um, they wanted, you know, they wanted Breakaway 2 
and you know kelly just you know she she did break away you know she didn't want to do another breakaway she you know she she wanted to grow she wanted to expand she wanted to do you know what she wanted to do and um and that was i, I mean that was the first time in her career that she you know she was facing pushback and all of that stuff and at that level anyway and so it was as a writer you know we're writing songs and you're happy but at the same time like everyone's pissed off because they're not dr luke songs or they're not max martin songs or whatever yeah Um, so but you know what are you to do um you just you know kelly's into it and we're having fun and you know we're digging what we're doing and so yeah when you know the first single never again came out you know and it did and then the next single was going to be sober um and there was still all the turmoil i think they had made a made a some deal or whatever i don't know all of the like details um in that regard as far as like what was happening with clive and the label and all that regarding why it wasn't getting pushed or promoted or anything like that so so sober like came out and was out for like i want to say like two weeks as a as a single and then as you know they pulled it um and just kind of just sat on the record because you know she she wouldn't play ball. And then when you go, as I remember, I mean, that was, that tour was actually my first tour seeing her. And I remember like in New York specifically, you guys played the Beacon Theater for three nights and just, it's a, it's, it's a big venue, so to speak for a theater, but it's also very intimate. And I feel yeah. maybe because it was my first Kelly show, but just because everyone knew there was the drama around the album. Plus it's just an emotional album. I just felt like the fans really, you can obviously tell me better because you were at every show, but the fans really came together and just were like, hell yeah, this is a great album. Like, you know, screw corporate or whatever. Um, and it just, it seemed just even more special than any other tour I've ever been to. That was what was really cool about that album and still continues to be that because you still, you still see people comment about that album as being their favorite just because of all the circumstances uh, around it. And I think, you know, with that album, a lot of the stuff came through in a lot of the songs. I mean, I think that, like, I think it was a good representation of where she was at that time. I mean, that's a misconception that, I mean, even the Grand Cold Man, when we came, was like pop, you know, kind of princess, you know. Yeah. But she likes to rock. (laughs) You know, she likes to rock. You know, she likes ACDC. She likes, you know, the toadies and stuff like she likes like big guitars or like, you know, she likes that and stuff. And so that's with my December is like, she wanted to rock, you know, she, she, that's what she wanted to do. She didn't want to do, you know, like I said, you know, break away. Yeah. It's fair. You know, she, she really did like to rock. And you could see that on her last, you know, album. there was Hazel Eyes and Since You've Been Gone and those, those songs like that, that you could see that, you know, she was, she was into that vibe and there was the other, yeah. yeah, the other kind of, you know, more, more pop radio friendly kind of stuff. Um, not, well, not radio friendly because those songs were real radio friendly, but, uh, but more just, yeah. you know, kind of just miss the train kind of songs and trouble with love and those kind of things. But so, yeah, so my December was just a, it was a, I think that that's why it resonates because it was, it was an authentic like thing for Kelly. Like she was like, this is, this is where I am. This is what I'm going to put out. And it is what it is. Yeah. You know, so yeah. do what you want to, but this is what it is. Yeah. And it's, it's just, it's just hard. Cause it's really hard mixing like, you know, the music 
or the the art and the business together. And sometimes yeah. it works really well, and sometimes it yeah. doesn't. It's really all about who you have in your on your side, and if they actually understand it. So, um, unfortunately, you know, label heads or A and R people or you know agents, even they're not always going to get it, and it sucks. But I guess. Yeah. Eventually, when you find the right group of people, I mean, unfortunately, yeah. it takes time and a lot of networking and all this stuff. But eventually, yeah. hopefully, it works out for most people. And it's you know, it's not just it's not just people wanting to be asses. I mean, it's like they're 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 you know they're trying to they're make money and they're trying to yeah yeah everybody everybody wants to lower their risk yeah. in life, and so it's the same thing with like labels and stuff. It's like. They don't like to, you know, they like, they like low risk. They like low percentage risk and low percentage risk is what's working. What's already, what formula is already happening yep. and what, what are people buying? You know, what can we kind of. I can get into a whole thing about this, but I will refrain. So this one comes from great username, Casey Stan 82 on Instagram. Please share some funny behind-the-scenes stories when you guys were on tour. Ooh, okay. Um, <laughs> besides the, um, let me see. Well, <laughs> let me see. But most, I mean, they're funny because of the inappropriateness. <laughs> yes, you're like, okay, what am I allowed to say on the air? <laughs> one, one thing that I did love, I mean, I guess it was really funny because I was there. I was crazy enough. I have, oh, I have to give a special shout-out. Ashley Elaine says hi. Oh, nice. Yes. Okay. Well, so she's like, okay. we went to the last show of Media Life Tour in South Carolina, nowhere near where I live. That's okay. I went. And you guys did pranks on Bryn and during Kelsey's sets. And I remember you guys <laughs> yeah. really playing volleyball on stage. I think you had dressed up as like a clown or something. Yeah, was, Jason and I walked out and messed with Casey or Kel, uh, Kelsey. Yeah. I, yep. That was just a funny memory I had because I had never gone to a final show. And I know that's like the thing that you guys do is always like the pranks at the end of the yes. tour. And we did that. Remember, we did that to Maroon 5 too. That's right. Remember, we, we dressed up as like bananas or something <laughs> like that and crashed their like stage. Yeah, Adam wasn't as amused. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think he was having a bad night that night before we even crashed oh, no. his stage. <laughs> And then, <laughs> no, but I don't know. Some of the, I mean, probably one of the funniest, and I don't know if Kelly will kill me for doing <laughs> for telling the story or not. So if you don't see me in any more shows, this is probably why. <laughs> we it's were, our fault. <laughs> Got it. We were in Germany. I think. Yeah, it's Germany. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it was Germany because this was at the at the uh, the club the Beatles used to play. Of course. This was the, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. This okay. So we're on stage and we're playing and. I think we were uh, we were doing is it someone someone the slow the slow is it the slow, is that what it's called? Sorry. <laughs> oh Sorry. My God. Uh, what year are we talking? Yeah, someone, <laughs> someone I think it was off of uh, the already gone or uh, uh, all I ever all I ever uh, wanted. Oh wait, I, okay. I feel like it was, some, oh, someone, was it was it cry? Slow ballad. Yeah, it was. It was really is a slow ballad. Uh, but anyway, so it's just a real slow ballad, and she's, you know, she gets about a verse. Save in. you, maybe. I don't know. We're just gonna throw. Oh, out, we're just gonna throw it. out yeah. random ballads from that that yeah. that album. It's one of those. It's one of those. <laughs> um, but it was it was a moment, right? We're sitting like, and all of a sudden she just she's off stage, and we're like, shit, what's happening? <laughs> like, is she okay? And like, we're looking around, 
and we're like, oh man, and we're just still playing through the song. I'll say you're the band, you have to vamp. <laughs> yeah, and so we're just vamping, but this is a ballad. Like how I mean, it's like take a solo. You know, it's like <laughs> we're like in a slow ballad, and she got like halfway through a verse, so it's just like, well, like what do we do? You know, we're just kind of going. And it's like, it was like a plane in the air with no, like nowhere to um, land. Or so we're just kind of <laughs> circling, like trying to figure out how do we land this? And so we're eventually like, we're like after, I mean, it's been like a few minutes. We're like, Oh man, what is happening? Right. Like she's sick. Like, I hope she's okay. Like we're worried yeah. at this point. So we're just like, okay. And so we kind of land that one, you know, and everybody's kind of quiet. Like, yeah. <laughs> So we were like, okay, well, let's pick it up, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, whatever. And we're like, okay, let's, uh, um, how I feel. Let's let's upbeat, you know. Totally. Uh, so let's do that. Okay, bump, bump, you know. So we start jumping into that, and it was perfect timing. Like, right when the verse uh, comes on, <laughs> right when the very first verse, she comes running out right before the verse. Like, she runs out, grabs the mic. And like the opening lyric is uh, something about. Looks like I made a mess again. Made, made a mess again. Yeah, yeah. And we had no idea what this, this what was going on. And we're like up there or whatever. And she, she and we were like looking at her. We're like, she okay? And she just grabs the mic. She's like going at it, you know, whatever. We're like, okay, she seems okay. She's all right, all right cool. We'll find out after like, the show. Yeah. She, 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 <laughs> <laughs> Like, oh, like, <laughs> but it was like the other, like, she was like her like, messed up. She like, is, her stomach I think she has said this once in an interview, like, one random yes. interview is called Co Germany. Is that correct? <laughs> Co Germany. But it was so yes. funny because, like, it, like, when we found out what it was, and in the very, like, she comes running out, she's like, oh, looks like I made a mess again. Like, oh, you know, no. oh my God. Like, everything. <laughs> I've always wondered what happens. Like, if you have to like pee mid show, it's like good luck. Well, it's great now we have Jesse because Jesse can just like, all right, take it, Jesse. Jesse, <laughs> yeah, like she knows all the lyrics, <laughs> you know, all of that stuff. She's awesome. So we have Jesse now. So we're like, should anything ever arise? Oh my god, <laughs> I can't imagine. She that. can't just be like Tommy Lee and just wet herself and be like, meh, whatever. It's rock and roll. <laughs> no, no, yeah, not especially not this this time. <laughs> Uh, okay. Uh, changing gears yet again for, uh, this question from monster 23 on Twitter. It says when you and Kelly, if applicable, write a song, when does production come to mind? For example, the cinematic production of Merry Christmas baby, was that the vision as you were writing it or did it evolve after it was already done? Yeah, it's, it's, um, that always works that works different too. Like uh, uh, Kelly's awesome in the fact that like sh a lot of times she will have a complete vision. Like she'll tell you what the video is already looking like. She'll tell you what, like, like, it's like, you've got like a verse written and she's got the whole thing, like the whole thing. Sometimes she, you know, she's got it, the whole thing. So you just kind of like, okay, 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 okay. Um, but that song in particular wasn't after the, after the, uh, it was a, it was a post production thing. Um, and I think that that was, again, most of everything that I was sending her was, was orchestration heavy. And so I think that that was kind of maybe what inspired that to, to, uh, kind of open that track. Cause they didn't want to obviously do the whole track as it was orchestrated track. So, 
so I think that element was kind of, uh, it was born out of an original idea, but, but kind of came, came as the thing after the fact. Sure. I was going to just say on behalf of the fans, thank you for taking your classes or courses during COVID because it sounds <laughs> so good. It's just like, I, I would incredible. play it on my like TV. Um, I had like up on like on like Spotify and just, you know, it's different than just with like a little like AirPods and it's just so big yeah. and it's so epic. And I'm like, hope my neighbors don't mind, but it just sounds so good. And nice. so it, it's great. Well, I have that have a time, now that the record is out, I want to like, uh, I want to find a, a good time and a good, you know, way to like kind of share some of those original kind of ideas, you know, some of the kind of take to the process and yeah. stuff. Eventually, now that now that it's out and you can't, I think I might wait till it's a little more relevant till we get past some of these other holidays. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> Election Day, Halloween, Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah. We got so many holidays so too before we. So many exciting ones. Yes. All right. Uh, Aben, one more question for me. Um, yeah. Yeah, how uh, how bad are you wanting to get back out on the road? Because I, I know mean, you guys have done like, you know, some one off, you know, kind of convention-y type shows here and there. Yeah. But like, how bad are you wanting to get back to like tour life? Yeah, you know, it's, I have a I mean, I'm I really, really missed it. And I really would love to do. I mean, I enjoy. um, I enjoy hanging and seeing, you know, Everson a lot. So that part's great. Yeah. Um, but I do miss I do miss being out and and playing and playing live and um, just seeing people hanging out with fans and, you know, do it. I mean, I love, I love to do that. I love, you know, going and seeing people and going to see, you know, see people. I know you guys want to yeah, yeah. come to, you know, New York and, you know, Iowa and all these different places. And um, so I do miss that. I miss the, I miss the connection in that regard. Um, um, yeah. I do miss it a lot. I love being here and being able to like, focus and produce and really work and create and, you know, be creative and all of that. But yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, it's a part of been a big part of me for, you know, yeah. many, many, many years. And so. I feel like, I don't know if you've been to any shows yourself as just like a, you know, a fan since things started opening back up. But like, I know for me, like the very first show I went back to was Alanis and garbage. And I was like, this is a religious experience because I, you know, you, you, you just oh, wow. because like you hadn't been, I haven't been to a show in almost two years and it's just, yeah. I think I have a new appreciation, even though I already had a bigger appreciation. So I can't imagine for you what it was like to get a, on like a stage for the first time in well over a year. Yeah. That was, that was strange. Cause our first thing back was a thing in Orlando back in July or something like that. And I remember like, Whoa, this is weird. Like just, it felt like weird. I was hoping that I could remember, like, yeah, <laughs> what to do with my hands, kind of thing. <laughs> well, you guys didn't have to do like rehearsal or anything, did you? Um, we we had a few. We it was a it was a little little bit of rehearsal. It wasn't a lot. It was I, re I remember that it wasn't a lot. We yeah we haven't we haven't had a new record in a while, so it, we haven't been like if we do any shows and stuff. There, there's it's not like big rehearsals and stuff. It's like you remember, you know, it's like you a greatest hit show yeah. essentially. So it's like, all right, you got this. Yeah. We'll warm up for a few minutes. <laughs> yeah. So exactly. So yeah. We hope to you see know, you soon. But, <laughs> we do. We yeah. hope to see you guys. Uh, same. Same. I, I I miss you. Know, I I I really do. I appreciate. I want to take the time to say that I do appreciate all the fans out there and all the fan questions and all this. I really, I really do. Cause I mean, 
I mean, you guys could, you could, you guys could have showed up with signs that said, get the other guy. But you guys were always, <laughs> the always other guy. And embrace. And I, and I, I never forget that. And I appreciate it. And that's, you know, that's why I, I try to like come out and talk to you yeah. guys and all that as often as I can and stuff. So. Well, we really, well, we really appreciate the fact that, uh, that you spent some time with us today. Um, it's been so good to see you and so glad that, uh, you know, we've got some new material out there and, you know, it, this, the stuff that you guys are doing is just, is a plus and, uh, we can't wait for, you know, the next record. And obviously we can't wait for you guys to get back out and tour again. And, you know, we always get excited whenever there's an Avon Eubanks appearance on the talk yes. show. When you, we find you in the band, it's oh. always nice to see you jump in there. Oh, nice. There's some more coming up with all the Christmas stuff. Excellent. So. That's great. Can't wait. Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of like uh, seeing a unicorn whenever either you or Corey <laughs> shows up, uh, <laughs> Corey's harder to spot these days because he just keeps growing his hair out and I can't I know, it's so weird right I, I, I remember I used to be the it was between us it was like I had long hair and he had you know short hair and stuff and now it's totally flipped I have short hair and got like hair around here and stuff yeah <laughs> uh, well, Aben, uh, thank you so much for spending uh, some time with us today. It was so great to catch up with you, and uh, we wish you all the best in the future. And we so look much. forward to talking to you again sometime. Absolutely, anytime. Hit me up. Absolutely, awesome. anytime. Thank you so much, Aben. Absolutely. Great to see you guys. You oh, so great to see you, you too. Oh, it was so good to talk to Aben. So good to see him again. And uh, I now that I've you know now that we've seen Aben, I'm just I am craving tour more than ever before me too and you know with the talk show and with the voice i think i want it even more because we haven't had a proper tour in almost three years so it's it's yeah. it's time but yeah it was so great to hear from Aben. you know i love talking to him because he has had um, a role on so many really impactful kelly songs like within the fandom so just to hear yeah. a little bit about you know his inspiration and his process for writing and creating some of these tracks it's really awesome and i'm so happy he was able to share it with us and for everyone who is listening and i love that he is as much of a beatles fanboy as we are <laughs> kelly clarkson like crazy fans i love it i feel like at the next show that we go to we have to hold up a sign that says beetle boy <laughs> beetle boy <laughs> <laughs> so if you guys next time you know start bringing in your aben uh beetle boy signs yes. i'm sure he will appreciate it greatly i'm sure and i'm sure <laughs> kelly won't <laughs> no <laughs> that's okay it'll be really funny it'll be really it really funny. will yeah, yeah. It, it's kind of nice to you know kind of feel like you're uh you're on the ends of a, an inside joke <laughs> exactly um anyway so let us know what you you know you thought of the interview let us know your favorite aben written songs and yeah. you know just let us know what's what's the 411 what's going on you can find us on all the social medias at Miss in a Podcast, and you can also email us, Miss in a Podcast at gmail.com. And we will see you guys next week for another episode. Thanks for tuning in, guys. See ya. Bye. You've been listening to Miss Into Podcast, the Kelly Clarkson fan podcast. Miss Into Podcast was written and produced by Jeremy and Pam. Remember to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you'll be the first to know when a new podcast is posted. Continue the conversation by following the podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Miss Indie Podcast. Send us your questions and comments to Miss Indie Podcast at gmail.com. 